Hi, this is Mary James with Passive House Accelerator, and thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast, recorded at FiasCon 23 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to Zola Windows for their support of the series. And I'm here with Michael Gemtrud. Can you introduce yourself, tell us where you work, and um, tell us the name of the initiative that you're working on? Okay. I'm Michael Jemchud. I'm a professor of architecture and the chair in architecture, energy, and environment at McGill University. Uh, I lead a research group um, uh, that's the research program itself is called Reconstruct. It's developing a deep energy retrofit program for the province of Quebec as part of a national network in Canada. You just gave a very inspiring presentation on Reconstruct. Um, because of the multi-layered reasons why Quebec could be a really um, good candidate for a place where mass scale retrofits could um, get started and be a example for the rest of North America, um, which was super exciting. And I know it's going to be really hard to condense it into <laughs> <laughs> a 10-minute interview, but um, maybe we can just try and cover the highlights okay. um, about why um, Quebec could be such a great place to get this going. Right. Well, I mean, it starts with um, having a, a, a state-owned energy provider that has immense capacity. It's, it's uh, Hydro-Quebec, clean energy. Um, we're 97% clean energy. Um, the people own the company, the, the Hydro-Quebec itself. Um, they're a very innovative company. They've got one of the largest research wings internal to any uh, energy provider in the world. Um, they're part of the I think it's called the G7 of energy providers. They're the lead of it. Um, so they have the immense amount of capacity, immense amount of intellectual um, power uh, behind their operations. And they're very interested in deep energy retrofits for, for very specific grid reasons, but also for improving Quebec society because that's part of their mandate. They're a cooperative. They're, they're a crown corporation. Um, so they reinvest a lot of the profits back into Quebec society in many different ways. It can be from a jazz fest, but also to like energy efficiency programs and things like that. So, uh, there's other, um, crown corporations and, uh, um, groups within Quebec that are very interested in, in promoting Quebec society and, and making it better as well and have a vested interest in the built environment. So we're tapping into all of those kind of resources, resources at a social level. Um, technically, um, Quebec has a quite a mature prefabrication market. Um, we have a, a fairly robust supply chain of uh, particularly biogenic materials in the construction industry. So wood, obviously, um, but others. Um, uh, we've just... Uh, signed a French company is investing millions of dollars into Quebec to start hemp production for, for insulation and clothes and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, I think we we're fairly progressive on that level. Um, and then there's an aging building stock of a very kind of uh, consistent 
construction method uh, by vintage, obviously. Um, so there's just eras where we just built the same way. And then there's a lot of the building stock that is going to be anyways renovations right now at a, at a mass scale, uh, particularly the stuff built in the 60s and 70s, schools, multi-unit residential buildings, the primary of the buildings that we can do uh, the most damage in terms of building capacity to, to expand uh, deep energy retrofit practices throughout Quebec and Canada, frankly. I mean, I think we're working on a national level and um, obviously some provinces are more interested than others, just from a cultural perspective, also an energy profile, etc. But um, the fact that uh, Quebec is leading it is is quite interesting because it's the cleanest province. It's probably the one that needs it the least in a weird sort of way, but for grid reasons, it's really important. And you were mentioning that also there's a low rate of private home ownership and a high rate of um, publicly owned or socially owned housing. There's quite a bit of social housing and we're, we're trying to build more now. Affordable housing is like everywhere in the world is a big issue now. It's not a, I wouldn't say it's a, at the kind of crisis levels as it is in other parts of North America for sure. Um, but part of this is maintaining our existing building stock um, is a key component to keeping things affordable, you know. So, yes, there's been a lot of new construction and condominium, condominiums, primarily in Montreal. Um, but that's starting to be complemented by actual affordable housing, new construction, but also by um, uh, renovation and retrofit. Um, there's a lot of discussion within Quebec society around how do you, how do you incentivize private building owners with, you know, medium to large portfolios of housing stock, um, while it not being a renovation, basically, right? So to keep it affordable, we have, I think from a governmental level, we have a lot more controls over that than most other places in North America. So that's how we've been able to keep affordable housing reasonable right now. We just need more of it. We're just getting more immigrants. We're getting more, you know, people from even across Canada coming to Montreal and, and, um, cause it's still a fairly affordable place compared to, you know, Toronto, Vancouver, uh, even Ottawa now and, and Halifax have gotten developed paced Montreal in terms of housing costs and cost of living. So. Can you talk a little more about the, um, the pilot buildings that you see as mm. being good candidates for, um, developing, a the capacity to industrialize retrofits. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the strategy we're taking is to, to, to take, to develop pilot projects just to prove that it's possible. But those pilot projects are being chosen, uh, in terms of their, an analysis of their viability as a pipeline of projects. So, you know, five to 10 years worth of work and on one building typology or one building, um, uh, it usually conforms to the superstructure, you know, so we've chosen um, our first one is a community center that is a prefab steel structure building. Uh, we chose that we knew it would be one of the most difficult on one level, on the structural level. Another level, they're usually really simple form factors. So, you know, there's not a lot of complexity in the, the overcladding solution and we're focused on overcladding. So not, not, not um, bespoke interior retrofits. Um, so, we figured out the civil engineering on that, the structural engineering on that now. Uh, 
we're, or at least we're really close to it. Um, so the idea is we develop a solution for that building typology because we know there's thousands of them across Quebec. Um, and one of the variations of the typology is hockey rinks, for instance, and grocery stores. And both of those are of interest to Hydro-Quebec because there's so much potential for heat and energy recovery from those two typologies. I mean, ice making plants just makes so much, they exhaust so much energy and heat. And if you can recover that and then, uh, Hydro-Quebec's investing a lot of money and effort into microgrids. So if you can kind of recover that in a more local level, well, they can use that, you know, to, 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 to mitigate all their concerns around the, the grid management issues. So peak demand in particular, but outage scenarios as well. These are also centers that are typically the, the, the emergency centers for smaller communities, especially off of the island of Montreal. So there's a lot of reasons for doing them on a social and an economic and an energetic level. Um, and there's public monies behind them. So we'll just. And you were talking about that resilience is a big factor that everybody's concerned about now in Quebec. Could you yeah. talk about that a little more? Yeah, adaptation and resilience. I mean, of course, mitigation is too, but you know, our areas of mitigation are different than other parts of the world because we don't use fossil fuels for most of our buildings. Uh, transport is one area that we're trying to reduce it in because that's our main thing. But resilience, we've had enough... I mean, we live in the type of climate and uh, that's now increasingly getting more and more water too. So flooding is another problem we're having. So, uh, which causes energy outages and things like that too. So that's part of the whole uh, question of resilience. So that is one area that um, Hydro-Quebec's interested in, not only the resilience of the grid, of course, but the resilience of the communities it serves. Um, and so is the government, the federal, the provincial government and all municipalities. This is a huge issue. I mean, frankly, the municipalities are driving the question around resilience more than anyone else. And they have the most power in within that framework, too. So um, that's one of the main, I guess, benefits of the retrofit strategy we're taking at the societal level. Um I'd say resilience as well as the health, the better indoor air quality and health and resilience. Because we're also looking at schools as another pipeline of projects because there's a ton of those coming up for uh, for a serious re renovation. Um, and we're trying to convince all the school boards to do a deep energy retrofits on that. Um, and those, and then there's the multi-unit residential buildings, which is really the one we're really focused on right now um, in terms of developing as a pilot and pipeline. Uh, strategy. The community center one, we're, we're getting close to actually putting out the RFP and, you know, getting, putting together the team to actually do it. So now we've shifted our focus onto the multi-unit residential buildings with the, uh, the social housing agency in Quebec, the Societe de Habitation de Quebec. So. And you've been talking to potential manufacturing partners, hmm. getting interest um, in panel, uh, retrofit panel solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been, we did a deep analysis of that, of looking at all of the <clears throat> potential, both panelized and modular prefabrication companies, not only across Quebec, which is a lot, but um, uh, across North America. Um, one of my colleagues at the University of Quebec at Montreal, Carlo Carboni, is, is a prefab expert. He had already done this study, and we just kind of revived it and ramped it up a bit specific for panelization. 
um, because that's the over client solution. And, you know, we've been talking to a lot of those manufacturers. They're all very busy and making a lot of money doing these little chalets in the, in the cottages. And not all of them are interested in high performance construction. So we've actually got it down to a handful that are candidate partners on this. Um, but, you know, I also spoke about developing more of a turnkey solution for retrofit, which would include also the, the front end building capture and modeling and then the panelization, the manufacture and then the installation. And in that regard, I think we have a better chance of just starting from scratch on the, on a couple of pilot factories. Like we're calling them micro factories because the company that we're talking to that's has a roboticized platform, um, they're still developing the platform. Um, so they're, they're, they're setting up a few of these micro factories to keep developing the actual products. Um, they're focused on new construction, but the idea would be that the one, that we try to set up in Quebec is uh, focused on retrofit. So, and um, all these pieces are coming together, yeah. need to come together to make this work. And it's um, a very interesting part of your presentation was sort of the, I think you called it socio-technical analysis, mm -hmm. where it's kind of like a much more complicated form of a innovation adoption curve. Can you just briefly talk about that? Well, I mean, it's it's <clears throat> basically it's systems thinking um, that came out of the environmental movement, and it's usually applied to the biosphere, um, the geobiosphere. Um, and we've we've we we take that approach in terms of how we analyze the actual architectural solutions we're coming up with from an environmental perspective, but the same you know, way of systems thinking can be applied to the socio-technical system, which is basically how these, these technical innovations are so wrapped up with all the social and political and economic kind of specificities of any given region. And that you, you might have theoretically the best solution for some problem, but it just might not work within the social context for a variety of reasons. So you really have to look at that whole picture and see where the inputs and outputs are coming from and which ones work and which ones don't. And not unlike you would do for a LCA analysis of a building material, you know, so we're just doing it with our kind of socioeconomic political situation in Quebec. Um, so, and, you know, we have to, well, we don't have to, but um, we put that theoretical frame around it because we have the luxury to do that as an academic institution, right? A lot. Of, I understand a lot of companies don't have the time to kind of work through it at that kind of, that level, but for me, it's it, they should because it's not superfluous, right? It's actually germane to coming up with strategic uh, pathways for decarbonization for a whole bunch of things that we're concerned with at this conference in general, right? So um, I think it's important to have our voices in that and to to do that for others. You know, I mean, we can. This is something that once we develop it and prove it, it can, it'll, the industry will take it and do whatever it wants with it. But usually that's another step in the innovation process, right? So, yeah. Well, um, it is such an exciting space to be watching. And um, <laughs> I'm just really excited to see the progress that you've made because I'm even, we've talked probably a year ago. Mm -hmm. Year and a half. I think. And, um, and there's really been a lot of movement. Yeah. 
it doesn't seem like it all the time, but I, there is like when I do things like this and then hear from everybody else in the room and see what else is going on, it's like, wow, we actually got quite a bit done this last couple of years. <laughs> well, congratulations to you and I wish you great success. Thank you. We'll all much. be watching you and inspired by you. Great. Thank you very much, Mary. 